Amen. Let's take our Bibles this morning and go to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. While you're turning there, um, I may mention that um, we had talked about on Wednesday about helping uh, one of our families to build a, uh, a deck and a ramp uh, for someone in their home, and uh, we were going to do that tomorrow. Uh, the weather's supposed to be really nasty tomorrow morning and things, so we're actually going to do that on Wednesday. And so if you're interested in helping uh, us do that, you can let me know, and, but we're going to change that to Wednesday at 8 o'clock, and so if you need directions on how to get there or anything, uh, let me know. Um, and we'll, we'll do that Wednesday at, at 8 o'clock and try to help them get that deck and the ramp put together uh, for their mom there, all right? Well, Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, I'm just going to say this morning, we are dumping, jumping into the deep end uh, right at the beginning of Ephesians, right? And uh, so um, hold on. Uh, we're going to get through it, all right? Uh, there might be some stuff that after we're done, you're like, I'm not really sure that I... I, I totally grasp that. That's okay. That's, that's totally all right. And uh, that's why uh, we're going to uh, just kind of work our way through this and uh, just uh, open up God's Word and let it speak for itself. And uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 3. We kind of did an intro to Ephesians last week. And, uh, and so if you'd like to go back and listen to that, you can do that uh, on our website, or you can go back to Facebook or YouTube, and I think we even have it on uh, uh, different media methods as well. I like that. Um, podcasts. Yes, podcast. Yeah, they said that it's on podcast too. So um, there's no excuse if you don't want to listen to it, right? It's, it's out there somewhere. So um, all right. Ephesians chapter one, verse number three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Father, we ask that you would just bless now as we open your word. Lord, just use it to speak to hearts, and I pray that you just give us wisdom, understanding in it. And uh, Lord, just uh, work through the service now. Thank you for the good singing, the special music. Uh, Lord, truly, we owe everything to you uh, for what you've done for us. Uh, Lord, where would we be without you? And so, Father, just bless now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's really interesting, as we had the introduction last week, just the first two verses here, and then when you begin going through the book of Ephesians, what you're going to find is Paul uh, starts off dealing with uh, the Trinity right at the very beginning. Uh, in fact, verses 3 through 6 deal with the Father, verses 7 through 12 deal with the Son, and verses 13 and 14 deal with the Spirit. Isn't that interesting? I mean, right away, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and he's already uh, wanting to make sure that they understand some very important things. And one of the most important things that we understand is the Trinity or the Godhead. That God, it, there's the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent. Uh, one is not greater than the other. They're all uh, co-equal there. And he, he explains, he's going to show how each of these has a specific part in our life. Uh, and this morning, we're going to look at the Father, specifically the blessings from the Father. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you like to get gifts? Come on, raise your hand if you like to get gifts. Some of you are lying. 
Because I guarantee if we had somebody handing out $100 bills this morning, you'd be like, I'll take one. Yeah, I'll take one. We all, we all like gifts, right? Everybody likes gifts. We all like to be blessed, right? We like it when people give us things. But can I tell you something? That there's nothing greater that you can receive than what God the Father offers. Nothing greater. <laughs> and we're going to look at that this morning. And, and, and these gifts, these blessings that he offers are just absolutely unbelievable. And Paul tells us that we've been blessed by the Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, he says. He's blessed us with these spiritual blessings. Now, how do we know that he's talking about us, the church? How do we know that he's talking about us today? Well, again, the, the us in verse number three, when he says, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings is a reference back to verse number one where he talks about the saints and the faithful in Christ Jesus. And again, we talked about a saint is not someone that, you know, after they die, you have to look and see if they did good things and, oh, okay, we're going to, we're going to saint them. No, 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 no. A saint is anyone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. As Paul is writing to the saints of Ephesus, these were believers who had put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And he's writing to the church of Ephesus. And in fact, uh, this letter was not just supposed to be uh, read at the church of Ephesus, but it was supposed to be read around that area as well to the other churches. Right. And so when he talks about us in verse number three, he's not just referring to him. He's not just referring to that local church there in Ephesus, but he's talking to all believers. He's talking to all those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. We have been blessed by God, the father, but I want you to notice though, that these blessings are not physical things that we can hold in our hand. Now we have been blessed with physical things. There's no doubt about that. Uh, many of us can say, man, I've been blessed with, with health. How many of you are here this morning? Some of you are not here this morning. Okay, that's interesting. I, that's, I'd like to know how you do that. Okay, um, uh, yeah, we've been blessed with health to be able to be here. Uh, maybe we have a house to live in. We have a car to drive. We have clothes to wear. We have food to eat. Those are physical blessings that we have. But the blessings that Paul is speaking about here, that the Father has blessed us with, are not physical blessings that he's speaking about. But these are spiritual blessings. He says, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And these spiritual blessings are something that we have to look forward to in heaven. Because again, the us here, we are in Christ, but also now we have to look forward to these things now while we live here on the earth. He says, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings, but notice in heavenly places in Christ. These blessings that he's talking about, these spiritual blessings are things that he says, hey, uh, when, when God looks at a person who knows Jesus Christ as their savior, and, and sometimes this is hard for us to grasp the, and truly understand all how God sees everything. But the Bible says when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, even though we are still physically here on the earth, God sees us as if we're in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ right now. That's hard to understand, isn't it? right? I said, we're jumping in the deep end this morning, right? I mean, here we're here on the earth, but yet God says, because we are saved, he sees us as if we were already in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these blessings that he's speaking about here, these spiritual blessings are both for us now while we're here, but also these are things that are 
eternal as well. These are these that we will have in heaven, these spiritual blessings. Let me give you an example about this, if I may, maybe to try to help us to understand this. God told Joshua and the children of Israel that when they entered the promised land, that every place that their foot touched, God had already given them. He says, when you go to the promised land, I've given you the land. So every place that your foot touches, I've already given you. Okay. Now, was the promised land Israel's? Did it belong to Israel? Yes. God said, I've already given it to you. But did they possess it? No. He says, not until you walk there, not until you claim it, not until you get it. It's yours, right? But you've got to. You've got to walk on it. He says, in, he says in Joshua chapter one, verse number three, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. So God says, the land is all yours. The land is yours. I have given it to you. All you have to do is go in. All you have to do is go in. It's yours. All you have to do is go in. Now, we, I think we know the story of the children of Israel as they come to the Jordan River. They're getting ready to cross and God opens the Jordan River. And the first place that they're going to go to in the promised land was the city of what? Wow. Really? Okay. All right. The, after the children of Israel come to the Jordan River, we all together here. They're at the Jordan River. God opens the Jordan River. The Israelites come across on dry ground and God says, hey, there's a city there that you're going to conquer. It's got really big walls and you're going to walk around the city one time a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to walk around it seven times. And then you're going to shout and the walls are going to come down. What was the name of that city class? Oh, I knew you had it in you. That's great. I knew it was there. So they come to Jericho. Right? And they conquered Jericho. What would have happened if the only place they went in the promised land was Jericho? That's all they would have gotten, wasn't it? That's all they would have had. Even though the the entire land was before them, if the only place they would have gone to was Jericho, that's all they would have got. But was that all they could have got? No. God says, any place that your foot touches is yours. It's yours. We have been blessed with spiritual blessings. But if we don't live in them, they really aren't much good to us. He says, I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings. You know what's sad? is that many Christians aren't living in them. They're not living in them. They belong to us. God says, if you're in Jesus Christ, the Father has blessed you with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But there's many Christians who are living in Jericho when all the land and the blessings are before them. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't be content with Jericho because God's got a whole lot more for you out there. We get so content and we just get kind of stagnant. We just kind of get in our rut in what we're doing. God says, I've got 
all spiritual blessings for you. It's not just Jericho. I've got the whole land before you. And he gives us three specific blessings here. There are three specific blessings that Paul speaks about here. If you notice at the end of verse number three, there is a colon. That colon means that something is to follow. There's a list. There's something that's happening here. So the next few verses have to do with these spiritual blessings that Paul is speaking about that God has blessed us with. Right? Now, again, we're not talking physical. Yes, God has blessed us with physical things. But more importantly than even the physical are the spiritual blessings that he's blessed us with. And I hope this morning that as we go through these, when you leave this morning, I hope that you can just shout to God and say, God, thank you for these blessings. Lord, help me live in these blessings. Not just, not just know about them, but to live in them. Watch what he says. Verse number four. Here's the first one. According, again, we're talking about this, those, these heavenly these spiritual blessings, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, I'll be, I'm going to be very honest with you. These verses that we're going to go through have caused a lot of confusion in churches and Christianity today. There's a lot of confusion about these verses here, right? But here's what we want to do. We want to let the word of God speak for itself. By the way, that's what you ought to do. You ought to let the word of God speak for itself, right? We're not going to try to put our own ideas or anything in it. We're going to let God's word speak for itself. So watch the first blessing that we have received. The first blessing in verse number four is that we are chosen. Chosen. That's the first blessing. Now, let me just say this. Some will try to interpret this, that God chose who can be saved and who cannot be saved, and that this was decided before the foundation of the world. But here's the problem. That's not what the verse said. The verse did not say who can be saved and who cannot be saved that were chosen before the foundation of the world. Watch what he says. According as he hath chosen... What's that next word? Us. Now, again, the, these words, sometimes we can just go over them so quickly, but it's so important that we, we read Scripture and we understand it. He hath chosen us. That us in verse number four is the same us in verse number three that is the same in verse number one talking about who? Believers. The believers, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He's not saying he has chosen some people to be believers and some people not to be believers. No, he's saying he has chosen those who are believers. If you are a believer, then God says he has chosen something for you. He's chosen something for you according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So this was something that God chose for those who had put their faith in Jesus Christ before he ever even created the world before the foundation of the world. God said, I know that there are going to be those who put their faith and trust in my son, Jesus Christ. By the way, even before the world was created, God knew how he was going to bring redemption to mankind. He knew that redemption was not going to come through a church. It was not going to come through good works. It was going to come through his son, Jesus Christ. And so what does he say? Before the world began, he says, I know there are those that are going to put their faith in my son. And so I have chosen something for them. 
for us who are in Christ Jesus. What has he chosen? Watch, this is what he says. This is what has been chosen, not salvation, not to be saved or to be damned. No, 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 no. What has he chosen? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You see, this is what God says he has chosen for us. If you are in Jesus Christ, if you know Christ as your Savior, as Paul says there in verse number one, if you are a saint in Christ, if you are the faithful in Christ, those who have accepted Jesus Christ, not part of a church, we're not saying you're a church member, not saying you've been baptized, not saying you're keeping the Ten Commandments or you're being a good person or keeping a list of rules. No, 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 no. It's not what we're talking about. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... And you understand that he is the only way of salvation. Then he says, I have something for you. I have a blessing for you. I have chosen something for you. What has he chosen? He has chosen that we be holy and without blame before him. Now, let me ask you a question. Again, you have to, you have to think about this. These are spiritual blessings that he talks about. These spiritual blessings in heavenly places, right? So if Jesus Christ, if God already sees me in heaven with Jesus Christ, do you know how he sees me? Holy and without blame. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I've, I've got a lot of things to, to be blameful about. I, I, I haven't lived a perfect life. And, and man, even as a Christian, I know I, I've messed up. And, and even, you know, I, I've, I know I'm a member of a church. And, and no, I know I'm saved. But man, there are times when I still mess up. Hey, friend, let me tell you something. He has blessed you and he has chosen for you to be holy and without blame before him. Now, we've got to understand this right? We've got to understand this. This is, again, something that we are going to be able to experience perfectly in heavenly places. We're going to be able to, the, and the only way that we can be, be before Jesus Christ in heaven is because of what he has done for us. He is the only one who can wash away our sin, not us. We can't do that. A church can't do that. Baptism waters can't do that. It's Jesus that does that. And God says, because the father is saying, because you have made that decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ, that he has chosen for you to be holy and without blame, to be holy and without blame in Christ. Again, remember that us is those who put their faith in Christ and those who are in Christ are chosen for two things, to be holy and to be blameless. Just as Paul is writing to saints, he tells us that we have been chosen to be holy. You know what that means? That right now as a Christian, God has chosen me to be holy. He's chosen me to be holy. But here's the thing. All the land is before me. But have I possessed it? You say, well, I can't live a holy life. Why would God tell you to do something that you can't do? We can live holy before him. It's the matter of, will I live holy before him? I can't be blameless before him. Why would he tell you to do something that you can't do? You can be blameless before him. The question is, will you be blameless before him? 
Now, here's what we have to understand. You can't do it in your own strength. Just as Israel couldn't conquer the land in their own strength. God says, you can't, I'm going to go before you and I'm going to fight the battles for you, but you just got to keep walking. You just got to keep moving. You just got to keep going out there and I'll fight the battles for you. God says, look, Christian, you've got to just design your heart. I want to be holy before God. It's not that I can't, I will be holy before God. And God, I'm going to need your strength and I'm going to need your power to help me to be holy, to help me be blameless before you. But here's the problem. We try to fight AI. You see, AI was the second place that Israel went when they got into the promised land. And they said, we don't need God. We've, we figured this out. I mean, if we could conquer Jericho, Jericho was a mighty city. AI is nothing compared to that. So we don't need God. We won't need to consult God. We don't need to ask God. We don't need to ask God how many people ought to go. We'll just go and figure it out on our own. And what happened? They got defeated. And that's where many Christians are at. They're trying to conquer AI in their own strength. They're trying to live holy in their own strength. They're trying to live blameless in their own strength. And God says, you can't do it. You see, this is a spiritual blessing, which means you need something spiritual to live it. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us with this. You see, Paul tells us in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You know what he's telling us? We need to live holy. We need to live in a way that is pleasing and honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. Blameless. We are also chosen to be blameless or without blame or without blemish, without spot. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What's he saying? We, ought to, we, we need to examine ourselves and to let the Lord Jesus Christ examine our life and say, Hey, that's not clean. That's not right. That's not blameless. That's not without spot. Hey, you, you ought to get that out of your life. That, that music you're listening to, that doesn't honor the Lord. Get that out of your life. That thing that you're watching, that's not honoring the Lord. Get that out of your life. Those friends that you think are your friends, they're not helping you to know Christ more. They're not helping you to know God more. You, you need to get away from them. He says we ought to be blameless before him in love. Holy, blameless. Why? Think about what he says. He's chosen us that we should be holy and without blame before him. Watch these last two words in love. Why should we live a holy life for the Lord Jesus Christ? Because he commands us to? No. No. Why should we live a blameless life for the Lord Jesus Christ? Because he commands us to? No. Why? Out of love. We ought to want to be holy and blameless for the Lord Jesus Christ because of the love that we have for him. Our love for him should be greater than anything that we desire for our own life. Friend, he saved you. He gave his life for you. Jesus Christ was willing to leave the splendor and glory of heaven and come to this earth to die on the cross for your sins. Does he not deserve our love? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Does he not deserve our love? This is why he says we are to be before him. We are to be blameless and, and holy before him in love. 
There may be things in our lives that are sinful. They aren't holy. They aren't blameless. You know what we ought to do? We need to leave those things behind. Not just because it's good to, but because we love Him. And we want to bring praise and glory to Him for what He has done for us. He wants us to have all spiritual blessings. The least we can do then is live holy and blameless before Him. He says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 17, Herein is our love made perfect. Our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Think about what he just said there. He says, as he is, as Jesus Christ is, so are we in this world. Jesus says, hey, his desire is that we would represent him here. Holy. Let me ask you, you think Jesus was holy? Could there be any blame brought against Jesus Christ? No. Then let me ask you this. Are you living holy? Can any blame be brought against you, against Christ? Because if it can, then we're not living the way he's chosen us to live. Look, I'm not saying we have to be perfect. That's not what we're talking about here. We're going to get to that in a second. There's coming a day when we will be perfect. Amen? We're going to be perfect one day. But he says here, we are to be holy. We're to be blameless. How you talk, does it cause reproach to the name of Jesus Christ? People see you're a Christian, and yet they hear how you talk. Does that bring reproach to Christ? See, that's not blameless. The, the things that you do, the places that you go, the people you hang around with, does that is that blameless or does that bring reproach to the cause of Jesus Christ? See, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. They're here for us. He says, I've chosen you to be holy. I've chosen you to be without blame. And I can give you the power to do it. I'll take care of it for you. But are you going to stay at Jericho? Or are you going to move forward? And say, Lord, I, I want more than what I have right now. I, I want to live a more holy life than I am right now. I want to live a more blameless life than I am right now. Or are you just going to stay here? He's chosen us to be holy without blame. I am to be in this world as he is. That's what John said. Christ's likeness should be our goal, and love should be the driving force. You say, well, I just can't do it. Maybe it's because you don't love the Lord the way you think you do. I just can't change the way I talk. I just can't change the places I go. I can't change the friends. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Because if we do, it won't be hard to say, Lord, I need to live holy. Lord, I need to be blameless. Lord, I've failed. I've messed up. I'm stuck in Jericho, and I need to get out of Jericho. I need to start moving forward for the cause of Jesus Christ. He's chosen us. Notice number two, the second blessing that we have received. Verse number five, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. 
So again, again, did you notice at the end of verse number four, there's a colon. It's continuing on here. There's, there's a second thing that's being said here. The second blessing that we receive is predestinated. We are predestinated. Again, some of these words, some of these words are kind of uh, unusual words. Maybe you've never heard these words before. The word predestinated. Again, these, these, are, these are verses that people will try to take out of context and, and say that God has, again, predetermined who can be saved and who cannot be saved. No, the Bible says, for God shall love the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's two very important words in John 3. Well, there's a lot of important words in there, but two in regard to this, the world and whosoever. God shall love the world that whosoever believeth in him. That means anybody can. This is open for anyone. It's not just a certain group that God has said, okay, you can, you can't. No, 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 friend. That's not what we're talking about here this morning. But we shouldn't be afraid of this word predestinated or predestination. Again, there are those that will teach that there are those who are predestinated to salvation and those who aren't. But again, notice Paul's use of the word. Having predestinated, what's that next word? Us. Who is the us? Believers. It's the believers who are predestinated. It's not we are predestinated to be believers, but it's those who are believers are predestinated for something. You understand what I'm saying here? We're not predestinated to become believers. No, 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 no. That's up to you and me. We, we have a choice to make. We choose whether we will accept Jesus Christ or reject Jesus Christ. But those who have accepted Jesus Christ, the us here, he says, we are predestinated, uh, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It is those who have accepted Christ that are predestinated. Again, think about the word predestinated. Predestinated. There is a, it's a predetermined thing. It means it's determined beforehand. It's foreordained. It's a predetermined destination. It's, it's predetermined. It's really hard to understand, right? Predestinated. It's predetermined, right? So what is this predestination? What does he say? We are predestinated unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. What is this predestination? It is the adoption to himself by Jesus Christ. Adopted as his child. Adopted as the child of God. Can you, can you imagine that, friend? That God, God the Father, the creator of the universe, God himself, wants you and I as his children. What, what do we have to offer him? We have nothing. We have nothing to offer him. But yet he says he wants us as his children. Those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, he says, I'm going to make you my own. In fact, he says in Galatians chapter four in verses four through seven, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, Look, this is not something we have to wait for to become a child of God. People say, well, are you sure that you're saved? Well, I don't know. Maybe when I die, I'll find out. Friend, when you die, it's too late. It's too late to find out then. You better know now whether you're a son of God, a child of God or not. Because it's too late when you pass away from this earth. 
There's no, okay, well, you know, one day, you know, when I die, I'll stand before God and he'll take all the good things that I've done and he'll take all the bad things that I've done and he'll weigh them and, and maybe if my good is more, then maybe I'll get into heaven. That ain't it, friend. That's not how you make it. It's through Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only way. And he says he wants to adopt us. Again, think about this. Because ye are sons, he says, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We have the privilege. If we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, we have the privilege of being able to call God our Father. Do you understand what a privilege that is? God is our father. Why? Because we are special? No, friend. Because Jesus Christ was willing to die for us. And when we accepted his payment for our sin, God says, hey, I'm going to make you mine. We become a child of God. And this is what he says. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. That moment when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you immediately right then become a child of God. Right then. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to, well, you know, maybe if I go to church enough, then maybe I can become part of his family. No, no, friend. When you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, you are immediately put into God's family. But watch. It gets even better because Paul also tells us in Romans chapter eight and verse number 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. You know what, you know what else God says? It's going to, you know what we get this blessing of predestination of being chosen or being able to be a child of God. He says, you know what? Not only are you a child of God now, but he says one day when, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes and takes us back to heaven, we are going to get a new, perfect, glorified body. Not going to be amazing. No more sin, no more sickness, no more death, no more sorrow. Nick, can I tell you, you can't ask for much more than that, friend. And this is the blessing of God. This is the blessing of the Father. He says, those who are in Christ, you are predestinated for this. This is foreordained. This is going to happen. You can't change it. It's going to happen. God says, I've already foreordained that this is going to happen. Those that are in Jesus Christ, they get to be mine. And not just for a little bit. They get to be mine for all of eternity. And one day... I'm going to change their vile, wicked body, and I'm going to give them a new one. And that new one is going to be perfect. That new one's going to be without sin. That new one's going to be without death. It's going to be without sickness. It's going to be without sorrow. And we're going to be able to live with the Lord. You remember the song we were saying, 10,000 years? That's just a drop in the bucket of the time we get to spend with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know why? Because he has predestinated those who are in Christ the adoption of his family. We're predestinated for this. Again, friend, don't, don't misunderstand this. Isn't God saying, okay, I'm going to choose you to be part of my family and I'm, you're not going to be, and I'm going to choose you and you're not going to be, and I'm going to choose you and you're not going to be. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying it's open for anybody. 
Anybody is welcome to this adoption. But it's only through Jesus Christ. You can become part of God's family. But friend, it's not through a church. I think First Baptist Church is a great church. But just because you join First Baptist Church doesn't mean you're part of God's family. Baptism is an important step in obedience to Christ, but just because you get baptized doesn't mean you're part of God's family. Being a good person is important, but that doesn't mean you're part of God's family. See, there's only way to become, there's only one way to become part of God's family, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Again, think about what he says here in verse number five. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, how? By the church? No. By baptism? No. By being good? No. How? By Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ, to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This is not something that we deserve. It is something that he has done for his good pleasure. Not ours, his. Look what he says at the end of the verse. According to the good pleasure of his will. You understand? This is all him. This is all him. He has blessed us with these spiritual blessings. We are chosen to be holy and blameless. We are predestinated to be adopted into his family. He's done this all for us according to his good pleasure. How how could we not want to live holy before him? How could we not want to live blameless before him? When we see what he has done for us, we get to be part of his family. One day we're going to get a new body. And we just think, ah, nah, I'll just live how I want to live. And friend, you're stuck in Jericho. All the land is before you. And there is so much goodness to it. And you'll never experience it. Because you're stuck in Jericho. Get out of Jericho. Why don't you start walking with the Lord? Stop walking in the flesh. Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Start walking with God. Start walking with God and ask God, Lord, I want to be holy. I want, to, I want my mouth to be holy. I want my actions to be holy. I want my thoughts to be holy. I want what I do to be blameless before you, God. Why? Because I love you for what you've done for me. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We are chosen to be holy and blameless. We are predestinated to be part of the family of God, adopted as his child. But notice verse number six. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. See, we've been chosen. We've been predestinated. And here's the third blessing that we receive. We're accepted. We're accepted. Accepted in what? Accepted in the beloved. It's interesting. Whenever the father speaks of the son, he calls him his beloved son. At his baptism in Matthew chapter 3, God the father speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. At the Mount of Transfiguration, when Peter and James and John are there and God the Father speaks from heaven, he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God says, I have a blessing for you. 
when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted in Jesus Christ. Not because of what you and I have done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because of what he's done for us, the Father has accepted us in the beloved. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, he says. We don't deserve to be accepted. Every one of us has things in our past that we're ashamed of. Every one of us has things in our past that we say, man, I wish I could go back and undo that. And yet he still is willing to accept you. He's willing to accept us in the beloved. Why? Because it's the beloved who's taken care of all of our sin. The beloved son, Jesus Christ, is the one that died on the cross for our sin. And when we put our faith and trust in him, the Bible says he washes our sin white as snow. It's gone. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says. And we are now able to be accepted by God. When before we were separated from God because of our sin, now because of what Jesus Christ has done, we are now accepted and he welcomes us with open arms and says, you are part of the beloved now. Can I tell you, that's, that's an incredible blessing to be accepted by the Father. Friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, do you, do you see the blessings that you're missing out? You're missing out. Friend, you can't live a holy life. You can't be blameless before God because that only happens in Christ. You can't be part of his family. You're not adopted into his family because that only happens in Jesus Christ. Friend, you're not accepted by God. You say, I'm in church. It doesn't matter. You're not accepted by God because that only happens in Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, friend, you're missing out on what God has in store for you. But here's the wonderful thing. You don't have to miss out anymore. If you're willing to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can have these blessings that God speaks of. Christian, I wonder, are we just living in Jericho? We've entered the promised land. We're, we're saved. The promised land is not a picture of heaven, by the way. It's a picture of the Christian life. We've entered the Christian life. We've accepted Christ our Savior. And we've had a victory at Jericho. And then we just stopped. We haven't gone any farther. We're not really living holy before God. We're not living blameless, even though we could. Are we just kind of stuck at Jericho, stuck at Ai? The whole land is before him. The whole land is before us. All these things God has before us, if we're just willing to move forward, to live in it, live holy. Live blameless. You say, how do I do that? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need Jesus Christ. You can't do it on your own, friend. You will fail. Guaranteed, you will fail. You need Jesus Christ and his power. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You can live holy. He wants you to live holy. It's a blessing of God to be able to live holy, to be able to live blameless. It's a blessing of God. He's chosen us to do that. Are we going to do it? Are we going to do it or are we just going to stay miserable, defeated? Oh, friend, does he not deserve our praise for willing to adopt us as his own children? Adopt me? (laughs) To make me a child of God that I have the privilege of calling him my father? I don't deserve that. What a blessing to be accepted in the beloved. What a blessing. He, the Father, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You see, one day, all of this will be gone away. One day, we'll be with the Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity. But we're still here now. And this is what he desires for us. This is how he wants us to live. And that brings glory and honor to him. Think about what he says. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. I wonder whether our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. No one looking about. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Friend, maybe you're here today. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've been religious. Maybe you've been in church. Maybe you've been baptized. Maybe you have a Bible. Friend, those things cannot save you. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I don't have those blessings from the Father because I'm not in Jesus Christ. I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. But this morning you say, Pastor, I want those blessings. I want to be adopted. I want to be accepted in the beloved. I want to live a holy and blameless life before the Father. Say, Pastor, that's me. I want those things, but I don't know Christ as my Savior. I'd like to know how to be saved. Friend, would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Nobody's going to come to you. I'm not going to call you out. I'd just like to pray for you this morning. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I'm not asking if you're religious or if you go to church. Has there been a time in your life when you repented of your sins? And you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone. You say, Pastor, I've never done that. But I'd like to know how. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone this morning, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not going to call you out. just want to pray for you. And Christian, Christian, can I ask you? Are you stuck in Jericho? The whole land is before us. These blessings that God has for us. 
to be holy, to be blameless. He has that blessing for us. As He is, so are we to be in this world. Our life is to be such a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ and lived in such a way that those around us can see Christ. If our actions and our speech is not holy, then we're stuck. If we're not willing to live a holy, blameless life before God, we're stuck. And the whole land is before us. A land flowing with milk and honey. And yet we're stuck at Jericho. Maybe today, Christian, God is speaking to your heart. Pastor, I'm stuck. I've been stuck. I haven't been living the holy life before the Lord. My life hasn't been blameless before the Lord. I haven't been living the way that God wants me to live. God's speaking in my heart this morning. God's working. I don't want to be stuck anymore. I want to go into the land. I want to be holy. I want to live blameless for the Lord Jesus Christ because I love him. And I'm thankful for what he did for me on the cross. You say, Pastor, that's me. God's speaking in my heart. Would you raise your hand this morning? Say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, God bless you. 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 And friend, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. But if your hand wasn't raised, then what you're telling me is that you're living holy for God right now. You're living blameless before God right now. Is that true? Are you living holy before God? Are you living blameless before God? That's what he's chosen you to do, friend. If you're a Christian, he's chosen you to do that. And if we're not doing it, that's disobedience. Don't stay where you are. All the land is before you. Move forward. Father, I pray you'd work in our hearts this morning. Lord, all of us, Every single one of us, Lord, we are not living holy before you. We are not living blameless before you. Lord, we all get stuck in our ways. We all get stuck in what we're doing. Sometimes we don't even think it's possible to live holy, to live blameless before you. God, I pray that you would stir our hearts. Lord, help us to realize this is something that, this is a blessing this isn't something that is being forced upon us or made for It's a blessing for us to live holy and blameless before you. Lord, help us to get out of Jericho, to go through the land. Lord, to walk in your spirit and your power and let others see Christ living in us. God, thank you for predestinating us to be your children. Thank you for accepting us into the beloved. Lord, if there's someone this morning that may not know Christ, Lord, I pray you'd work in their hearts. 
that they'd be willing to put their faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet quietly with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.